Hey, thank you for joining me. My name is John Newby. This is John 2020 Apologetics and Lion and Lamb Podcast. This has been a podcast that's been a long time coming. Um, this one's going to be, we're going to listen to the uh, conversation between Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. I'm sure you've heard of Joe Rogan. He's got the biggest podcast to ever exist. I think he gets around 11 million views or listens per podcast. He's I think 10 or 12 times more than CNN is averaging right now on primetime. And this guy's a podcast on Spotify. Um, and if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, he's a uh, Canadian uh, professor who uh, also, I believe, worked at Harvard or graduated from Harvard. One or two. He's an intellectual giant, to say the least. Very smart. Um, I am a fan of his. Um, he's not a Christian an orthodox christian he's not a christian that has the um the type of view that we have he has a philosophical view um so when we listen to this i listen to it once and then i'm going to listen to it again with you and we're going to come up to with some conclusions i think i see what he's saying but i want to listen to it one more time so before i uh did that I wanted to do it on the podcast, so it kind of be like a uh, a reaction video. Um, I got tickets to see him in a couple months with my brother, but uh, he's um not a Christian though. From from what I've listened to him, I know a lot of people want to peg him as such because it's a it's tempting and it's um makes people justify their faith because someone who's so smart and intellectual would quote, be a Christian, but, uh, we don't need, um, we don't need that type of validation. We have all the evidence of the resurrection. We have the, um, evidence of the, uh, transmission of the, the New Testament, the text, text of Receptus and the, and the, uh, all the papyri we have. So it's, the evidence is on our side. So having him on our camp would be awesome, but it doesn't further validate the truth of Christ. We have to remember that as Christians, that Jesus got fishermen and tax collectors, okay, and shepherds. He didn't get uh, the, the the besides Paul, he didn't get the intellectual giants. Okay, all right. So this is where Jordan Peterson, and also he's famous for pushing back against status quo of social. Justice as far as it particularly with transgender stuff. Okay. And that's obviously a conservative right stance and obviously a stance that I stand firm. I'm not going to call a man a woman because he wants me to. He's a man. Okay. All right. So let's listen to it. The experience. If categories dis- 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 dissolve, especially fundamental ones, the culture is dissolving. Because the culture is a structure of category. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Right. So, and in fact, culture is, a stra- culture is a structure of category that we all share. So we see things the same way. Well, that's why we can talk. I mean, not exactly the same way, because then we'd have nothing to talk about. But roughly speaking, we have a bedrock of agreement. Uh, that's the Bible, by the way. <laughs> all right, so quickly... What I interpreted what he's saying, and like I said, I've listened to it once completely, is that he's telling Joe 
Now, Joe has taken pop shots at Jordan in the past. I think Jordan Peterson has flirted with the idea of, of becoming a born-again Christian. But Joe has said some things to him in the past that seemed to have stumped him. He didn't have a retort to it. And they're very simple things like the Christianity becoming a, a, the religion after the Council of Nicaea and how it's eating plants on a, or a, uh, some type of hallucinogen that Moses experienced on Mount Sinai. I mean, all this ridiculous stuff. And Jordan Peterson never really um, fires back. He doesn't use his intellectual prowess to fire back at Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's so, so wrong. Someone like me, who's just an amateur, would go on a show and completely obliterate him over these topics. And it's got nothing to do with me being anything remotely as intellectual a giant as Jordan Peterson. So, I say all that because I, I think that Jordan Peterson was taking a moment to throw a curveball at, jo at jo uh, Joe Rogan. Because when you listen to this podcast... It kind of, this subject kind of comes out of left field. And I think he was waiting for this opportunity to respond to all those past criticisms of Christianity. I think Jordan does, deep down inside in his heart, he thinks that it's, that it's more probable about Christ, but he hasn't quite made that step yet. Okay, so pray for him. And pray for Joe Rogan as well. But um, with all that said, I know I'm going on a rant here. With all that said, this is like a, Jordan Peterson is basically telling Joe Rogan that the Bible is true because it's what we base all of our truths off of. Now, that sounds good at first, doesn't it? That does sound good, doesn't it? But it still doesn't, it's still, it's not good enough. And why is it not good enough? Because it still doesn't bring a absolute objective truth. Still doesn't bring an objective truth. He's just saying this is what all culture and language, and we're going to listen to the entirety of the clip. It's only like four or five minute long uh, part of the, of the of the podcast, where it's just it's him saying that the reason why we believe all the things we believe, and the reason why we the reason why we can all sit in a room and have dialogue with each other. And understand what each other is saying is because of the definitive of our words and the way the language is expressed and the way it's used. And it all has to have a common ground. And that common ground is through the, the book of all books. And that's the Bible. And of course, that's true. Of course, that's true. But it's true because the Holy Spirit inspired it. Jordan is applying the power of the Bible because of circumstance, because the book has intrigued man for so long. He's applying circumstance to why it's so um, well known and why it's the foundation and the bedrock of everything that we talk about today and not because it's divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's continue. Just walked through the Museum of the Bible in Washington. That was very cool. It's a very cool museum. So the structure, that's what the Bible Yeah, that's what provides. I figured out. I've been, I just figured this out this week. So it was a cool, it was a cool thing to walk through because... It's, it's chronological. They have one floor, which is the history of the Bible. Mm. It's not exactly that. It's really what it is, is the history of the book. Now, in many ways, the first book was the Bible. I mean, literally. Because at one point, there was only one book. Like, And he's going to, as I kind of showed my hand 
because I said I listened to it once, uh, my 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 uh, understanding of exactly what he's saying, he's gonna what you're gonna hear him say now is gonna kind of coincide. Well, I think, anyways, with how I just expressed what he's trying to say. Like as far as our Western culture is concerned, there was one book, and for a while, literally, there was only one book, and that book was the Bible. And then before it was the Bible, it was a you know it was scrolls and it was writings on papyrus and but it was we were starting to aggregate written text together and it went through all sorts of technological transformations and then it became books that everybody could buy the book everybody could buy and the first one of those was the bible and in what he's so that's true that's true okay so he's 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 brushing he's flirting so close to the tip scale of what we believe. See, Christians, we believe the Bible is our authoritative um, source. It's divinely inspired. It's divinely inspired. Second Timothy says it's the it is God breathed. God breathed scripture. Theonustos is a Greek word, theo for for God, for where we get the word theology. Stos means come out breath. And the Holy Spirit inspired that. So, what a, what a, what a beautiful verse about the Holy Spirit being God, by the way. But he's, he's, again, he's saying it's because it's just, it was the, it was the source that was um, allowed to be, it was the source, it was the book of the Bible was the source that was given to us that can be broken down and and put apart and and sent out to other people and that's the this basis and the ground ground line where we get everything so all truths like if it says don't steal in china or if it says don't steal in russia or don't steal in europe or greece the reason why that's considered a universal truth or a truth in all around the world is not because it's an objective truth. It's because the the Bible is the foundation of where we got our truths from. But it's not the truth as far as objective. It's just the book that we base upon all of our beliefs. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's it's like okay, so let, let me let me put it to you like this. I'm gonna use a silly analogy, but it's the best one I can come up with right now, all right? If there was a a book from a different it was a different book, okay, like Cat in the Hat. Cat in the Hat would be the book that we could base upon all of our beliefs and systems, and we would come to the conclusion that cats can wear hats around the world. And Russia would believe cats can wear hats, and um, Europe would believe people could wear cats and hats, and Africa and Greece and all over the world, continents and countries. But it's not a universal truth that cats wear hats. It's just a truth because the book influenced so many people. That can be very dangerous as well, y'all. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because then it, cause then it boils back to that there's no such thing as universal truth. There is only subjective truth, not objective truth. Which is a massive contradictory. If anyone who believes that there's no such thing as object, objective truth, that's an objective truth. So you're contradicted yourself completely. And you can't say, well, that's the only objective truth is that there's, that there's no objective truth. That's, only, that's the only one. Well, then that's two. So... What Jordan Peterson is trying, he's trying to 
um, corner Joe Rogan in, in a way where he has to accept the truth that all history and language and laws are based off the Bible. But the only reason why it is so is because that was the book that was chosen and that was uh, put together and it was through its antiquity and its and its uh, grace and how it was viewed. It's a collection of knowledge and wisdom and guidance, but it's not necessarily an objective source of knowledge, wisdom, guidance. It could have been a different book, but it just so happened to be the Bible. All right, let's continue. All sorts of books that everybody could buy. But all those books, in some sense, emerged out of that underlying book. And that book itself, the Bible isn't a book, it's a library. It's a That's collection true. of books. That is very true. And so, what I figured out was, partly because I was talking to my brother-in-law, Jim Keller, who's the world's greatest chip designer, and has now designed a chip that's as powerful as the human brain, which is optimized for artificial intelligence learning, by the way. And so I talked to him about that. He said, you heard of the Internet? I said, yeah, Jim, I've heard of the Internet. He said, this is way more revolutionary than that. So in any case, we were talking about meaning in text because we were talking about translation and the problem of understanding text. And Jim said, the meaning of words is coded in the relationship of the words to one another. And the postmodernists make that case that all meaning is derived from the relationship between words. That's yeah. wrong. That's because, what, it, well, what about what rage? That's not words. And what about moving your hand? That's not words. So it's wrong, but, but part of it's right because the meaning we derive from the verbal domain is encoded in the relationship between words. So, so now then you think, well, let's think about the relationship between words. Well, some words are dependent on other words. Some ideas are dependent on other ideas. The more ideas are dependent on a given idea, the more fundamental that idea is. By de that's a definition of fun. Now, that's very true. See, this guy's, this guy's on another level. There's no doubt. He's, as you could tell, I respect his intelligence, um, but he's a fool because he won't accept Christ. So they even that tells you that the most smart, the smart, one of the smartest humans on earth can still, you know, be silly. But um, he smashes it here. He smashes it here. And the reason why that is, is because the more stuff that's based upon one, one picture water coming through a filter. Okay, say you're out in the middle of the woods and you need to drink some clean water. So you pour water through a filter and another filter, another filter, another filter, another filter. You got all you got like 15 different filters. You're going to be a lot more comfortable drinking that water versus the the filter one time, right? Especially if it's a homemade filter. <clears throat> so the more books and knowledge and wisdom and cultures and ideology and theology and all this other stuff that base its philosophy and religion and thoughts and ideas and knowledge and law and all and, and whatever come have some type of um, filtering through the Bible, the more authentic it is because it's got all those different people's minds and ideas, smart people in the past that have examined it and came to the same conclusion. That's a fantastic observation by Dr. Peterson here. Let's continue. 
fundamental. Mm -hmm. So now imagine you have an aggregation of texts in a civilization. You say, which are the fundamental texts? And the answer is, the texts upon which most other texts depend. And so you'd put Shakespeare way in there in English, because so many texts are dependent on Shakespeare's literary revelations. And Milton would be in that category, and Dante would be in that category, at least in translation. Fundamental authors, part of the Western canon, not because of the arbitrary dictates of power, but because those texts influenced more other texts. And then you think about that as a hierarchy, okay, with the Bible at its base, which is certainly the case. Now imagine that's the entire corpus of, ling of linguistic production, all things considered. Now how do you understand that? Like, literally, how do you understand that? The answer is, you sample it by reading and listening to stories and listening to people talk. You sample that whole domain. You build a low-resolution representation of that in your, inside you. And then you listen and see through that. And so it isn't that the Bible is true. It's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth. Okay, you catch that? It's not that the Bible is true, it's that it's the pre-existence of uh, manifestation of truth. So because of the Bible, eventually you're going to get to the truth. But it's still not an objective truth. You understand? It's just the truth that the societies have all uh, depended and agree upon. And it's an impressive feat. Because you have all these different societies and beliefs and systems and countries and languages. And they all still kind of base their language and thought and ideas through the Bible. It's still impressive. But I think the reason why it does do that is because it's screaming objective truth. And you can't get around objective truth. And all the other countries and religions and philosophies and, and thoughts and ideas and governments and politicians and everyone else have to base their beliefs on some type of objective truth. Because everyone does share the truth of objective truth. And that's in the book of Romans, by the way. book of Romans says that the, the law of God is written on your heart. So you're without excuse. You know that? Like what's funny when an atheist says that, um, especially when I talk to my buddies that are atheists, that they, they say stuff like, uh, I don't need a book to tell me what's right or wrong. I say, well, that's, that's the scripture. Scripture says that. Scripture says that. So thank you for quoting Paul in the book of Romans. So what is the outcome that we want here? That's that's all we'll share about this podcast. I don't want to, I don't know how Spotify is with copyright, so I'm trying to pause it and Throw my fat head into it, okay? So that's why I kind of interrupt sometimes. And I don't know. I mean, I understand my podcast isn't very big, but uh, just in case. Um, so what am I trying to say through all this? I think I will say this, that it did take time to get from Paul, or excuse me, from Saul to Paul. It did take time to get from Saul to Paul. Paul went and studied for years, I think, what, three or four years he lived with the apostles and he had to, he had the apostles check his writings and everything else. So this is, I would say, a step in the right direction. What, what, what little, what, I don't know if Jordan Peterson did this on purpose or not. I would say no, but millions of people, millions of people. Who's ever joked about how the Bible's dumb or it doesn't make any sense or it's just a bunch of stories? 
He shut that down. He obviously shut that down. In an intellectual perspective. And is Jordan Peterson, do I feel that he is stepping in the right direction? I mean, Lord only knows, no pun intended. Or excuse me, pun intended. But I do pray that him and, and Joe become saved. I want, as any professing Christian would say, that I want to hear from his big, beautiful brain, and especially from his heart, that the Bible is divinely inspired, it's historically accurate, it's archaeological evidence supports it. Jesus physically rose from the dead, died and rose again. We have historical references from Josephus and um, Pliny the Younger, and Celsus, and all non-Christian sources, and we got first century fathers that write about the same thing and quote the scripture, the, the, the historical veracity of the New Testament is just overwhelming. Do you know that we can literally take quotes from the early church fathers from the, from the first and second century who quote the New Testament so much, we can pretty much put together the New Testament. Do you know that? Isn't God good? So I do feel that this is a wonderful thing. It's helped move in the right direction. And I just really want us Christians, though, not to be so gullible whenever we hear someone intellectual say something about that sounds on the surface good about the Bible and about Christ and be like, oh, see, that validates my faith. Jordan Peterson 200 IQ. He believes what he believes in Jesus. That's not what he's saying. Jordan Peterson believes that the Bible is is true. He does, but not an objective truth and not a truth that is given down by God. It's just a truth that everyone has based upon their beliefs and understanding, which so happens that everyone believes it's true. So be careful. We don't need, do we want him in our camp? Do, of course. Of course. But we don't need someone with a big brain to validate the belief that Jesus Christ died and rose again. Thank you for listening. God bless in Jesus' name.